0: Hello, hello, hello my dear ones. How are you and how is 2022 coming along so far? I hope you and your loved ones are all keeping safe in the wake of the third wave, but also managing to stick to those resolutions you made for the new year. Speaking of resolutions, here are two that I made. One is that I decided to start running, a sport I have keenly avoided all these years. And I'm quite happy with how I'm doing so far. The second one is also something I've avoided for a really long time. And frankly, I'm a little ashamed to admit this. I've decided to start investing. Finally. After a career of almost 15 years, I'm starting now. And telling myself that it's better late than never. Or as they say in Hindi, De but Durustai. You know, I've always thought of money as a complex thing and kept putting off financial planning for later. And when I shared this concern and decision with some of my female friends, I found a lot of them nodding in agreement. And because it seemed like a common enough challenge, I thought this is what I should take up today. So welcome to episode 4, Women & Money Matters, of the second season of the Dr. Happy Podcast powered by Juno Clinic. Now let's start with that all-important topic, money. Money enriches our life in more ways than one. Having money makes us feel secure, happy and confident. It drives us to earn more money. And while this is true for most people, there's a vast difference in the way men and women handle money. Traditionally, as breadwinners, men have concerned themselves with earning and investing the money. And women, being homemakers busy themselves in using that money to build a better life for themselves and their families. It is therefore not a surprise that 58% of advertisements target women and only 35% target both genders. But today, these gender roles are not so watertight. Women are very comfortable in earning their own money and spending it. But are they comfortable in investing it? Maybe not all that much. Let me share a few examples, not very unlike mine. Reema and Rakesh were raised in the exact same way by their parents and today, both are successful doctors. While Rakesh handles all his financial matters, uh, one can't say the same thing about his sister Reema. Reema handles complex surgeries in the operation theatre, but going to the bank gives her the jitters. Simple matters like investing in PPFs or mutual funds or making SIPs, filing IT returns, these things make her mind go blank. She forces her husband Jeevan to take care of all that. Jeevan has tried teaching her e-banking and other things, but Reema just makes one excuse after the other. She says that she was never good with math, and numbers just confuse and scare her, (laughs) which is why she took biology as a subject at school. Sometimes when Jivan cribs about having to manage both his or her finances, Rima secretly decides to learn, but then again she is back to square one. Here is another case study. Daksha got a job as a teacher in a government school and got married into a joint family soon. All her income was handled by her father-in-law who was the head of the family. Even her husband gave his salary to him and naturally Daksha followed suit. She was given a small allowance out of her own salary. She was never informed where her money was being invested or spent. A decade later, when her father-in-law passed away, her husband took over the reins and that's when Daksha learned that her money was spent on repaying the loan of the family land at their native place. Daksha felt cheated. She started asking her husband questions and he was confused as to why after so many years, Daksha was suddenly curious about money. He was willing to give her cash to spend as she wanted, but he wanted to continue to hold on to the management of her account, checkbook and debit and credit cards. Daksha faced a choice of a bitter quarrel or just maintaining the status quo. She wanted to gain control of her money, but had no confidence or experience of handling it. She wished she had someone trustworthy who could guide her slowly till she understood the nitty-gritty of the matter. Here's another case. Ankita was a homemaker. She never ever bothered about the finances. She believed that it was her job to take care of the family and all family needs and her husband's duty was to manage the bills. Both were very happy with this arrangement until suddenly one day, her husband became critically ill. Suddenly, the burden of all money matters fell on Ankita. She was completely caught off guard about the medical insurance papers, the fixed deposits that needed to be broken and other investments and EMIs. Ankita was extremely clueless about how to manage and to make matters worse, some of her husband's relatives came to help them and started interfering with the monetary transactions and asking for bank details and OTPs etc. Fortunately, Ankita was not gullible. Her instinct told her that something was not right. So she called her brother to stay with her and with his help, she gradually managed. Now her husband is better but still Ankita has to manage a lot of things. She wishes she had taken interest in everything so that she would not have to rely on her husband and brother this way. These case studies and examples throw light upon some common situations we observe in women around us. It is a matter of concern to society at large that women are at times averse to dealing with financial issues. But, like most skills, this can be learned. As with changing gender roles, the education around money needs to change too, and women will definitely catch up. In fact, there are several people who champion financial illiteracy for women. And today, I have one such special guest with us. I am very glad to introduce you to Shruti Chaturvedi, founder of Chai and a financial literacy advocate. Hi Shruti, thank you so much for agreeing to be part of this special episode of the Dr. Happy Podcast powered by Juno Clinic. Like me, I am sure many of our listeners are eager to understand a few things about this difficult relationship many women have with money. So, Shruti, for starters, tell us how and when did you develop this inclination and confidence for financial planning?
1: So, I am a single child for my parents and uh, because my mother's not very handy with all the things, my father made sure that I was 10 years old by taking all financial decisions involved in uh, by the time I was 12 I knew how to go to a bank I knew how to get basic paperwork done in bank how to withdraw cash how to deposit cash uh how to go to an ATM and I knew about all our insurances or cons insurance ke paper कहा पर हैं और अगर कुछ हो जाता है तो insurances claim कैसे किया जाता my father made sure I knew all of these things कही मुे लता है कि उनको था कि अगर उन्हें कुछ then how will i handle everything because it was just three of us of which one person was not very well equipped with all of these things So because you have knowledge childhood and it becomes like just another thing it's like just going to it's just like writing uh, and that's how financial uh, know how came to me so confidence toh tha kyunki knowledge hai but aapke paise par aapka khud ka power hona woh ek alak chiz hoti hai aur woh mujhe tab me li, jab main saal mein, I moved out of my parents' house and I started living on my own when you have to you become very hands-on with your finances. And that happened when I was about 22.
0: In your experience, have you observed if there is any difference in the manner in which men and women handle their money?
1: From my experience and of a lot of studies that have been conducted, most women are risk averse about their money as compared to men. I think this comes from the fact that money comes really hard to most women and uh, they are questioned way more if they take a wrong decision compared to a man uh, who may take a wrong decision who may end up losing the money and he's not answerable to anyone but women are always answerable to somebody or the other if they take a wrong decision and I think that's why... Women are more risk-averse about their money. They are they are are quite stable with their investments. They don't want really big returns or anything. They just want decent returns coming of their money. They just want to be sure that they are not going to lose that money.
0: Is there any evidence to suggest that women have poor investing skills as compared to men?
1: I don't think there is any basis uh, to this argument that men are better than women at investing. Uh, Probably this narrative stems from the fact that more men invest than women. And that is because more men have authority over their own money versus women who have authority over their own money. But given a chance, I think women uh, can be can be really good investors uh, because we have a better capability to, to see through the data and to make intuitive decisions and and to safeguard what has to be safeguarded.
0: Why do you think women are reluctant to handle their own finances?
1: So I think this reluctance stems from one, the fear of losing money. And second and very important is the fear of consequences of losing the money. Because one wrong decision a woman makes with her career or with her money, the kind of questions that she has to answer and the kind of taunts that she has to uh, listen uh, throughout are very different than the questions that a man is ever asked, if at all.
0: Women are always keen to invest in gold and have their own permanent residence. What makes them fear other forms of investments and growing their money?
1: Agree. there have been so many studies that show that women prefer gold and real estate over other forms of investments and uh, the reason to this I think, is also deep-rooted in our culture. When a woman is getting married off, her parents make sure that uh, her body is loaded with gold. Of course, there are ritual uh, symbolism attached to it, but I think rituals that, when a woman is going from one house to another, she has some sense of security because she has gold on her body. Uh, number two, because gold is tangible. Aapke mein hai, aapko dikh raha hai. Maybe it's not appreciating as other investment assets would, but you can see it and it's sort of an emergency fund with you. And number three is because when a woman says she wants to buy gold, nobody really questions her. If you a function ke liye gold or if you nobody is going to question you about that. But when a woman says she wants to buy Bitcoin, then she will have to sit and explain the entire technology to justify why she wants to buy a Bitcoin. So I think that's the difference. Uh, And I think that's why women prefer gold over other things. About real estate, again, very cultural because having a roof on your head gives this sense of security and uh, because you have been like a commodity from one house to another similarly for real estate when a girl gets married it is said that from today this house is not your house another house is your house and uh, for most women in smaller towns coming back to this family is not really an option or no? coming back to this house is also not an option so having a house of her own gives her this, uh, this sense of power that okay if something goes wrong she has a place to go to And I think number two is also because having a house and you can put it on rent and you can get a steady uh, source of income as your rent uh, also helps a lot of them.
0: Have you sensed a changing trend among the younger generation in these matters?
1: Of course, I've seen a change in trends among the younger generation of women. And in fact, I've seen a change in trend in the elder generation of the women as well especially the boomers and the millennials if you see uh, for example even my mother and her uh, kitty party friends they added me to the kitty party group so that i can answer their questions related to finances and i can keep sharing videos and resources about that because they see these things on the tv now and just because they don't understand it they just need somebody that they can trust to handhold them through it uh, so that they can take that first step
0: Is there any forum where financial matters are simplified so as to help women understand these
1: issues? Okay, so this is going to be a not-so-subtle plug. Uh, I started Lakshmi Mantra about six months back. Uh, With this very purpose, it's India's first financial literacy show which is being made for Indian women, specifically keeping the Indian cultural context in mind. So every Saturday, we come up with a video that has to do about anything related to finances, their financial rights, their financial uh, options, and the kind of things that women can do with their money and how can they grow their money. Uh, We also are building a community from this on Facebook. We're making a Facebook group because that's most accessible by by women, uh, where women can come and ask their questions. And we've got some financial advisors on board who can advise us women. So at this point, we have women who are starting from as little as 5,000 rupees and going to as much as 5 lakh rupees to start their investment journeys.
0: Finally, how would you like to encourage our female listeners to be bolder when it comes to managing their money?
1: So, to all your listeners, I have two things to say. Number one, start earning your own money. You money when you So, no matter what, how much, but start earning something of your own. And number two, take control over your money. I know a lot of times it is just convenient when your father or your brother or your husbands are handling your accounts and you have to pay But trust me, you really, really need to take control over your own money. Yes, you can outsource that job to somebody, but you should know what is happening with your money eventually.
0: Thanks a million, Shruti. I know this will be of immense help to a lot of our listeners. But before we wrap this episode up, here's a thought I want to leave you with. You know, women are instinctive financial planners. Many women of our parents' generation and even before them have been doing financial planning, although in informal and unstructured ways. Even in an era of limited access, they found ways to be inventive. Right from stashing away cash and steel dabbas at the back of kitchen cupboards to being part of mini chit funds and kitties. I'm sure you've heard of or seen these behaviours among your masis and chachis. So imagine in this day and age when we have access, information and helpful professionals like Shruti Chaturvedi, the amazing extent of financial wellness we can achieve. On that note, stay financially, emotionally and physically well and Dr. Happy will be back with the next episode super soon. If you have feedback or questions, I'd love to hear from you. Write to DrHappy2021 at gmail.com, that is D O C T O R H A P P Y 2021 at the rate gmail.com, or follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be good to yourself and stay happy.